Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Football Sunday is brought to you by New England Recovery Center in Westboro. And by Kubota Tractor and the New England Kubota Tractor Dealers. Time now for WEEI Football Sunday with Andy Gresh, Christian Arcane, and Mike Cadlick. Now, WEEI Football Sunday. 11 o'clock straight up. We're into hour two of what will be an abbreviated edition of WEEI Football Sunday. We will hand it off to Red Sox baseball coming up at 1235. But tonight down at Gillette, it's the Patriots and the Dolphins. And joining us as he does... A couple times a week here on WEEI and, of course, every WEEI football Sunday to the Harbor One Hotline with Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston with Gresh Arcan and Cadlick. Tommy, good morning. How are you? How are my guys doing today? We're uh, hanging in there, friend, uh, trying to figure out who in the world will be upright on the Patriots offensive line it's uh, seemingly all the reports are sort of indicating that Mike Onwenu will be uh, back in there. And then you got Calvin Anderson who played, and you have Trent Brown who may not. What is the absolute best guess that you have, Tommy, as to what they're going to look like up front tonight against the Dolphins? A pure guess. Uh, I, I like Catholic's, um theory that you flip Calvin Anderson to the left side. When guys are in concussion protocol all week and don't practice, they're basically not playing. So I liked uh, what Mike had said. And I do Thanks, think Tom. about Calvin Anderson flipping <laughs> to the left. And I do think that, you know, there's probably pretty high optimism that Strange and Unwinner will, will be back out there. So hopefully it'll be a representative offensive line for them today and, and give them enough protection with tonight to be in a a competitive game with Miami in terms of trying to keep up with them if it turns into a little bit of a shootout. Tommy, going back to like 2013-ish, the Dolphins suddenly became this real thorn in the Patriots' side uh, after years and years of the Patriots winning most of those games. They rarely sweep them. Uh, They've been getting swept more recently than that's happened. What is it about the Dolphins, even going back to, you know, Tom Brady in in his years, what is it about this team and sort of this organization that's been uh, just so so tough for the Patriots to to get a handle on? I think it's just the divisional foe, even when the Jets were horrendous, they could still be a, a tough matchup. Um, and the Bills, too. You know, remember, I think it was 
2011 or 2012, the Bills beat the Patriots up there and it was like a Super Bowl for them. But with Miami, it's hard to sweep them because going down to Miami is just, you know, you're basically playing in the Bahamas. And that is a big aspect of it too. But I think the divisional familiarity, knowing personnel so well, preparing for the team twice and playing Miami in Miami, it's it's been a difficult you know, recipe for them. And it'll be interesting today, too, because, you know, they, they went out and got Jalen Ramsey. They have not been great in their secondary. Jalen Ramsey's hurt. So can the Patriots do some damage in the passing game in a way that they were prevented from last year because of, you know, the elements on offense that they had coaching-wise? So I'll be interested. I think the Patriots might put up some points tonight if they can get the protection. Tom, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, the cornerback depth and what have you here. Um, Jonathan Jones didn't practice on Friday. He was limited on Thursday. He's sort of been their, their recipe to combat what Tyreek Hill does on offense. How do you see, do you think he plays today? How do you see that playing out? And if he doesn't play, how are they going to try and defend both Hill and Waddle on defense? It's like you said, once a guy's not practicing at all on a Friday, mm. it's hard to envision them playing. So I would say more likely than not, he's not going to play. And you're going to have to put Marcus Jones perhaps in the John Jones capacity. I think one thing about that's hard about putting a player like Gonzalez on Tyreek Hill and then having some help over the top is Tyreek Hill is so small and sudden. And a player like Gonzalez, who's 6'2", is more high cut and as good as he is at transitioning and his movement skills, you're generally better off with a shorter player who can kind of water bug and mirror Hill. And Marcus Jones might be that guy, but you still are going to want to double him with whichever safety over the top, whether it's Phillips or Peppers. Somebody has to be over the top, too. If it isn't Hill or Waddle, Tommy, who is next on the list that the Patriots have to worry about, if anyone? Well, I think one of the strengths is, you know, to his ability to take what's given to him. We've seen that in he's gone 4-0 and against the Patriots and his four starts against them. And if you look at his stats in those games, he doesn't light them up. I think 282 is his highest um, yardage total. And I don't think he's thrown 30 passes against them, but he's probably up around 70, 75 in terms of completion percentage. So I would say Tua because he is a player who will take what's given to him and the Patriots are going to give two a throws because they're going to be so petrified of Hill beating them deep that they're going to play back and, and give two of the chance to, you know, chew at them. So if he's on, if you can't bother him with four, then he's going to be a problem. Tommy, you and I uh, had a disagreement about Juju Smith-Schuster on Friday. And uh, while I don't want to continue that unpleasantness into the weekend, I want to ask it this way. Should we, and, and when I say we, I mean people who sort of went into this season expecting Schuster to be the main you know, wide receiver, one of the main pass catchers on this team, should we just sort of disabuse ourselves of that notion going forward? Is that just something that's not going to happen this year unless there's some sort of major improvement in his understanding of the playbook or something like that? Is that something we should all just get used to? I would, I would wait and get a little more intel than the first game. I mean, he was targeted seven times seven times 16, whatever that ends up being. Generally speaking, that position in the offense, if you're going to ask him to come in and do what Jacoby Myers did, that spot's going to probably catch between 70 and 80 balls. 
So I guess he would be behind that rate right now at, you know, 68 catches, however many targets, probably 100, 105, 110 targets. I just think it's too early. It's too early to talk about exploding knees. It's too early to be alarmed. It's too early to count snaps. If after three or four weeks, he's on the bench at the end of games, his high is 33 yards receiving, then I think it's okay to, to say, wow, this, this isn't going the way we thought it was going to. But I just think it's way, way, way too early to say it was an utter and outright disaster. Okay, then maybe it wasn't an utter and outright disaster. Would in, Do you think Schuster would be on the field at the end if it's a close game today? Do you think he's in the two-minute offense? I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I would guess. It's, it's Again, it is surprising, and it is worth wondering why he wasn't out there. I just think the notion that he sucks might be a little overboard. So if, again, he's not out there, my wondering whether or not he's not out there because of, you know, not being familiar with the X position or the slot position or whatever other responsibility and package they were using that doesn't include him, if that happens again, you say, well, I mean, he's your highest paid receiver and he can't be on the field at the end of the game. Yeah, that's not what you're looking for. Staying on that and staying on, you know, him playing X versus not playing X and, you know, staying on the inside, what have you. The Patriots, uh, they elevated Jalen Rager yesterday um from the practice squad so if they use an elevation i feel like he's likely going to play what do you think that means for Devonte parker is he still banged up i'm back with you tommy with an injury question but is that going to change anything with smith schuster is that going to change anything with Bourne, or is that just sort of a look parker's probably banged up and he's probably out once again yeah that's the interesting thing is you know parker i think is the patriots default number one that's who, when we'd asked Matt Groh earlier this offseason, what's a number one look like to you? And he described basically it's usually an ex-receiver who can dictate coverage, da, 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 da. They look at Devontae Parker as their one. Yep. <laughs> and he just really doesn't fit the suit. So I would imagine Jalen Rager, because of you know dimensions and skill set, would be the guy who's up because of Parker. But it, the bigger conversation that I've been focused on this week a little bit relative to Tua and Mac Jones is when you look at the Patriots weaponry as they go into this game and the things that they've done around Mac Jones compared to what Miami has done around Tua it's astonishing and Devontae Parker is a good example that's the Patriots they went out and got him to help Mac and they got him because Miami didn't need him because Miami was too stacked it's just so wild and then they paid him Yeah, and then they paid him. And to see the way that these two teams have supported their young first-round quarterback is wild. Tommy, uh, I know that we just got done talking about Parker and Juju, but Kayshawn Booty got 55 snaps last week, which was 69% of the offensive plays. As long as Parker is out, is Booty the guy they're going to try to go even a little bit of square peg round hole at that spot, do you think? Booty ends up getting significant snaps again today because I'll admit that kind of surprised me. I thought he'd play a little bit. I didn't realize that that guy would get more snaps than Schuster and uh, Demario Douglas. I I kind of hope so. I mean, I know the people are going to focus on the two missteps that he had along the sidelines, but I think it's important to realize that he caught the ball at the end of the game too. I mean, that was it was a reception. Yes, he got pushed out of bounds, didn't get his feet down, but 
he's a good player. He's been a good player throughout camp. He started probably, I would say, a week in. And since then, he was very impressive to me, very consistent, just rarely dropped the ball out there every day. I think Kayshawn Booty's really good. Uh, and, and I'm not surprised. I'm really not surprised that, that he had that big a role. He was, and Kavlik can tell you too, Mike, right? Yeah, I mean, legit. He was really good during camp. Once he shook off, once he shook off the cobwebs, he was legit. Yeah, so I say that's a good thing. All right, Tommy. uh, Last week, Mac Jones had one of his better statistical games of his career: over 300 yards, three touchdowns. Is that something that you sort of expect, maybe going into this game with the Dolphins, a team that doesn't have the same kind of defense as the Eagles? Do you anticipate a similar type of uh, numbers-wise, anyway, similar type of game from Mac Jones today? Yeah, definitely. I think that he is is in a position now they might try and do a little bit more ball control because of the offensive line situation that they have, and they might not want to get into a, a track meet with Miami. But I think Jones is going to have a very good year, and I think that that was a sampling of it last week when we saw his performance after he settled in. I think that he was a little overamped at the beginning of the game with his accuracy, but once he settled in, I thought he had an outstanding game. So I, I I think he's a good player, and I think it's going to continue. I think he's going to have a good statistical game today. Tommy, last thing uh, for you. If Joe Douglas of the Jets calls you up and says, Tom Curran, you've been around the league a long time. You've seen a lot of things. What the hell should I do with my quarterback position so I don't get my ass (laughs) fired? What would you tell him? (laughs) (laughs) You need to start packing your desk. Start packing. I mean, you're going to think I'm high, but I don't think Flacco's that bad. I mean, well, is he better than Wilson? I mean, no, and, that's a, and Tommy, that's the thing. You had Flacco. You got Matt Ryan out there. The whatever is left of Philip Rivers. You have Jameis Winston. You're right. It's not like there aren't guys who could at least come in and fill the seat. I mean, Flacco's been there. So you obviously do what they're planning to do, let Zach Wilson fall in his face if that's what's going to happen, and then have some kind of a an alternative plan in place. You know, Do you want to upgrade and try and extract Case Keaton or somebody like that who's a little bit better? Um, you know, a Gardner Minshew level backup, and I think that he's not going anywhere because he's, he's the first in line backup. But um, I, I still think, you know, uh, one of those older guys, and really, to me, it's Flacco. He wants to play. When I saw him play last year, I mean, it's not like he's completely lining up under the guard. He knows what he's doing still. <laughs> it got all over me. I don't know why. Maybe because it's uh, maybe because it's uh, Joe Flacco. And uh, welcome back to Delaware, kid. Tommy Curran <laughs> is with us on the Harbor One Hotline. You can catch him on NBC Sports Boston, I'm sure. Uh, early today, later today, and then after the game today as well. Tommy, thank you, friend. Uh, we'll talk to you at Gresham Fourier on Tuesday. All right. Thanks, guys. See you See later. You, Tom. There See goes uh, Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston. He, of course, with us on the uh, Harbor One hotline. Uh, and it's funny because uh, I know we brought up the Jalen Rager elevation. It was Jalen Rager and Calvin Munson were the guys that got elevated. So does that give you hope that maybe it's more than just on Wenu in there today and that Strange could get back in the lineup as well because you didn't elevate Alarjo? Yeah, I think so. I think that's that was a really good tell. Um, I think that tells you that probably Parker's out and probably Strange is in. 
um, which, again, would be huge for them, especially because you already had the little bit of emergence from Booty and Douglas um, last Sunday, so you don't really worry as much about the receiver position as you do the offensive line. So you get both back and you kind of... I'm worried about the offensive line, but they also have like 14 offensive linemen on the roster, so it's like, how many do they need to elevate? Well, and there's also uh, an an offensive coordinator here that you hope can coach around some of that stuff. One of the big flaws of Matt Patricia among the many was that you couldn't coach around that kind of stuff, whereas... You know, if you had Bill, if you had the offensive line last year with just Connor McDermott as the weird guy at right tackle, it feels like that Bill O'Brien would be able to coach around that, and then Matt Patricia had no ability to. But we'll find out coming up at eight twenty tonight on Sunday Night Football: Patriots and the Dolphins, and then of course it is Patriots Monday tomorrow. Bill Belichick will be with the uh, Greg Hill Show, so will Boomer Esiason. Foyer and I are scheduled to be at Gillette. We'll see. I have, a, I have a funny feeling there could be a schedule change <laughs> that will hit our inbox tomorrow at 6.15. Uh, but uh, we will talk to either uh, Matt Junon or Lawrence Guy and Hunter Henry. And, of course, Jones and Mega with our candidates, Matt Slater and Mac Jones. That is all tomorrow after uh, the Patriots game this Sunday night. Uh, Arcand has got your trending, and then the Reverend shows up for his preview all next on WEI Football Sunday. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEI. Patriots gearing up for week two as they host the division rival Miami Dolphins at Gillette Stadium tonight. Sunday night football kicks off at 8.20. Trent Brown, City So, Jonathan Jones, Cole Strange, Mike Unwenyu, and Devontae Parker all listed as questionable, according to Jeremy Fowler. On when you trending upwards, probably will play tonight. Pats have also elevated linebacker Calvin Munson and wide receiver Jalen Rager from the practice squad. They are eligible to play. Raiders and the Bills will kick off at 1 o'clock. Jets and Cowboys will get going at 425 if you're looking for some AFC East action now between now and 820. Also, Travis Kelsey good to go for the Kansas City Chiefs against the Jacksonville Jaguars at 1 o'clock. Red Sox lost last night to Toronto 4-3. They try and avoid the sweep today in their third and final game of the series against the Blue Jays, Nick Pavetta on the mound, opposite Hinjin Ryu for Toronto. First pitch at 135. Will Fleming and Lou Maloney will have the call for you right here on the Shaw's and Star Market WEEI Red Sox Network. Shaw's perfecting the art of fresh. Mark Dondero gets you game ready at 1235 with the Mass Mutual pregame show, Mass Mutual Insurance Planning Investments. I'm Christian Arkin, and that is what's trending. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We're back to WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. It is time for the Reverend Scouting Report. Amen! Reverend Arkan here uh, with a new member of the congregation, Brother Cadlick, in with us today. Uh, very nice to have him. Praise Jesus! As we break down the Patriots and the Dolphins. We'll get to the uh, inactives and all that for the day games in just a little bit. But right now, we'll take a good long look at the Miami Dolphins. We're not going to play their song. I was going to play it, but then Gresh pointed out it's just a ripoff of that Houston Oilers song, yep. which I didn't even know the Oilers had one of those songs. And I, I played it for him during, I played it for, uh, during one of the breaks, and it, it is, it's like... Note, note for note. Honest to God, it's, yeah. it's a total bunco job. It's like Vanilla Ice and uh, <laughs> Vanilla Ice uh, yeah. for and uh, yeah. David Bowie yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically the exact same thing, note for note. Anyways, uh, during this uh, segment here, we'll go over some of the things that happened with the Dolphins in the offseason, their matchup with the Patriots and so forth. So let's go ahead and begin, Stiz, with the last game. All right, the Dolphins open the season in style, I would say. We'd all agree with that. Uh, one of the best weeks, one of the best week ones any quarterbacks ever had in NFL history. Uh, 466 yards for Tua. That's the fourth most passing yards ever in an opener. He also had three touchdowns. It was a fun game, nine lead changes. Uh, probably the most exciting game. Definitely the highest scoring uh, game in all of week one. And the uh, Dolphins offense helped cover for their defense, which got overwhelmed by Austin Eckler and the Chargers rushing attack. They they finished with 233 yards and three touchdowns. Game of the week, I'd say. I mean, that was, yeah. in my opinion, I love games like that. I love high-flying games like that. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Uh, no, it was a uh, it was a great game. Uh, and for those who like that kind of thing, that's the kind of thing that uh, those people like. So, I mean, it <laughs> you wasn't don't like high-scoring no, uh, games like that? It wasn't great, uh, it wasn't great defense. Uh, I, I'm okay. You know what it is? When you get to 54-51 and people are praising it, then it's like, okay, that's a video game. No way. This was at least okay. That that uh, that Chiefs-Rams game, 54-51 a few years ago, that I was remember awesome. That, one. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. That was fun. Defense schmefense. Yeah, what exactly. I <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to the off-season changes. 
Thank you very much, Stiz. All right, the biggest offseason move for the Dolphins was the Jalen Ramsey trade. It was a third-round yep. pick to the Rams. There was a tight end, I think, got thrown in there. Uh, he was meant to replace Byron Jones, who, and I was making fun of him earlier. It's sad what happened with Byron Jones, I think. Yep. Uh, him going out there and saying every single day everything he does hurts is uh, is not anything to make fun of. But uh, Jalen Ramsey does go out in the uh, preseason, not even in the uh, camp, and he's out for a long, long time. We'll see how long he's out for with that uh, injury he had. Um, he's certainly on IR right now. Torres meniscus. Uh, the Dolphins also picked up Isaiah Wynn and said goodbye to Mike Jasicki. When you guys think of the Dolphins offseason, do you think of it as a plus or a minus? I mean, I, I kind of look at it as lateral. Yeah, they, they made a couple moves, brought a couple guys in, brought a couple guys out. I think it's um, it's a positive if Tua plays the whole season, and if not, it's it's a negative again. So it's kind of, they just kind of wait in the water. Yeah, uh, yeah I think uh, yeah, that's a good way of putting it, Arkan. They were neutral, really. Like, they made uh, tried to make another big splash, and then the player turns out hurt. Uh, and the Dolphins draft consisted of... A lone second-round pick, and a lone yeah. third-round pick, and a couple of guys late who were just depth pieces. So, really, after Ramsey, they didn't do much. Right. I, they're not pumping up Isaiah Wynn as a big free agent signing. No, they're certainly not. And the reason they didn't have draft picks is partially because of the Tyreek Hill trade, and yep. also they got hit with a tampering uh, penalty. Uh, yep. Remember that? Good the Dolphins, point. People don't talk about Forgot that. Forgot about the Dolphins that. Brady, right? yeah. That's a good call. Yeah, exactly, with uh, with Tom Brady there. So, yeah, that was the uh, that was the offseason. We'll get to the rookies there in just a minute. Let's get to the Patriots and Dolphins' previous matchups. Thank you very much. All right, the last matchup with Miami, the Patriots beat them late in the year. That was the Skylar Thompson game. Bill Belichick has never beaten Tua Tagovailoa. Now, that's a fact. I know a lot of people, there's people that, well, it's not all because of Tua. Maybe not. Uh, maybe it's not all been because of him. I know Tommy was certainly uh, hinting at that as well. He hasn't had great games against them, but... He hasn't lost against them yet. You know, like what right. What else can you really say there? Uh, so that was uh, that was part of that. Before the win, they lost four in a row. And from 2010 to 2013, the Patriots beat Miami seven straight games. Now, we were talking about this with Tommy a little bit, too. They've been such a random and kind of freaky thorn in the Patriots' side. The Miami miracle, uh, we remember, with that crazy play at the end of the game. Uh, there's been there was the Duke Johnson game a couple of years ago. Um, it's been it's been pretty interesting. I remember even like. Cleo Lemon beating them one year, you know, a long time ago, back with Tom Brady. The Dolphins are always, they always are just sort of there, you know, at the end of the year. Um, what a poll. Cleo, Cleo Lemon. Oh, my I, God. I think Cleo Lemon beat them. I'm I, I, I maybe tripping, but right. I think so. I'm going to have to look that up quick. Um, anyway, since uh, 2013, the Patriots have swept the Dolphins once. The Dolphins have swept the Patriots once, and they've split the two games every single other season since 2013. Uh, the Dolphins lead the all-time series 60-55. and 55. All right, let's get the players to watch. Um, we've gone over this a few times today. Uh, Hill and Waddle, as good of a duo as any in the NFL. And really, I mean, you talk about a baptism by fire. Christian Gonzalez, your rookie, has to deal with uh, Smith and Brown in the first week, and now Waddle and, uh, and Hill in the second week. I don't know if there's four more challenging wide receivers in the league. No. Uh, you know, with Jefferson maybe uh, up there too. But those guys are, all of them, I mean, all just monsters. And uh, those are two guys that you have to uh, that you have to keep an eye out here. Hill's a one-man show. Um, Tua was an MVP candidate before the concussions. And uh, on the defensive side, I don't know. I think Bradley Chubb has been kind of disappointing since he got there. Uh, Xavier Howard, I still like. He's still really good. He had an interesting offseason. Did you guys follow the Xavier Howard story? Uh, a little bit. Um, but uh, refresh my memory, and for those who don't know, 
there's been uh, accusations made against him. I can't get into them because they're very graphic. But uh, oh, his lawyer, naughty boy his, off the field. His lawyer came out and vehemently denied it in one of the most ridiculous tweets I've ever <laughs> seen. You remember that tweet, yeah. the Xavier Howard tweet from his lawyer? It was unbelievable. Uh, you can Google all that, by the way. Uh, he's still a good player, though. I like Christian Wilkins a lot up front. Um, the Dolphins do have some players. They're not really known as a great pass rush or really a great anything on defense, but they uh, they do have some guys who can play in their offense. Uh, obviously has uh, two really, really tough guys to watch out for. All right, let's take a look at the rookie spotlight. The Dolphins only made four picks in the draft this year. A defensive back, Cam Smith from South Carolina in the second round, and running back, Devin A-Chain in the third. And that's it. I mean, other than that, he had sixth and seventh round picks there. And that's sort of the cost of this. We've talked about this before, Mm -hmm. you know, selling out and going for the big star and what that sort of means going forward. That did hurt them in the draft. And uh, we'll see. I don't know. I didn't remember Smith doing much. None of the defensive backs did much last week. And uh, this running back sort of buried on the depth chart, too, behind a couple of guys but uh yeah there's your uh there's your dolphins rookies and i sort of look at them and think you know the patriots have had years with light drafts uh 20 was it 2017 um when they only made yeah. the four picks so like this isn't something that only that's never happened to the patriots before but it does seem like uh, a light one for the for the dolphins this year any any thoughts on any of those guys um i think a chain could be a problem at some point down the stretch uh mcdaniel loves to run the football and obviously that's kind of how he got his start was being san francisco's run game coordinator so I think down the stretch, A-Chain could be a problem, but right now I'm not really worried about yeah, it. Yeah, and uh, again, you reap what you sow. They gave up the future currency right. to be able to get guys that are now supposed to make the difference. All right, so if you gave up what you did for Tyree Kill, then that guy's supposed to be the dude leading you to wins. That's why you spent the capital on him, right. and that's a part of the reason why I kind of furrow the brow with the whole wide receiver thing because... You really hate receivers, it, huh? No, it's not that I hate <laughs> receivers, but... It's as if you can't win if you don't have one, and there isn't the if you have one, you then go and win. Justin Jefferson's great. Why He was the leading receiver in the free world last year, right? right. How come that guy wasn't in the Super Bowl? Because, again, everybody you know, you bust out the baby oil and run naked through town square because you got a wide receiver. Again, they're doing the same thing in Miami. We're sitting here going, hey, hell, I asked Adrian Phillips this week. It was like, what about the speed of Tyreek Hill? And he was like, eh, a lot of that's for people on the outside. He's like, guess what? We play against fast guys every week. Yeah. It's like to them, it wasn't that big a deal. But again, you know, if I'm supposed to believe that wide receivers are the gateway to opening up the world in the NFL, then I just, I mean, the Dolphins have two allegedly great ones. I expect they're going to go 17-0 and and pants everybody. Well, you can't deny that it's made their offense into a tag of Iloa much, much better. I mean, that's just, that's a fact. And I know what you mean about Hill leaving the Chiefs. Yep. He left the Chiefs. The quarterback there is the best quarterback in and the league. And they also still have Travis Kelsey. And he can still win without Who's a top right. five wide receiver in the NFL. But you can't right. deny the impact that Hill had on the Dolphins. I mean, that's been on I mean, the, he on the Dolphins and their offense. He put up great numbers, and they had one more win at the end of the year. Okay, is that Hill's fault or Tua and his concussions? I mean, well, again, you're supposed to build the offense to be able. Like, if I have this great wide receiver, how come I can't put Christian Arcan out there throwing to him? Who says you can't? If this first guy, of all. well, Let's give it a shot. <laughs> and again, maybe the Dolphins will. You know, again, we'll we'll see if uh, that is the case. But right. isn't that the whole reason to allegedly go get? All these great wide receivers is then then it doesn't matter who's throwing them the football, right? Because Tyreek Hill, wicked. If Tyreek Hill is wicked fast, what do I care about?
out who's throwing him the ball. Yeah, well. Because he's the guy who's supposedly the water bug and making everybody miss. So throw it to him 150 times and go win nine games. The quarterback still matters the most. I think we can all agree with that. All right, let's get to uh, former Patriots team mixing. (laughs) Thank you very much. There's been a lot of team mixing here between the uh, Dolphins and the Patriots. Former Patriots on the Dolphins include Isaiah Wynn, who is their problem now. Uh, (laughs) Do the Patriots attack Isaiah Wynn? Let's uh, let's go right there. You go right at him. Yeah, I, I think they will a little bit. Yeah, I think the right side is where the real leakage is on that Miami offensive line. Um, all right, Braxton Berrios wasn't here long. Return man for them was more of the Jet. Uh, Chase Winovich is a Miami Dolphin. What? Uh, yeah. He's buried uh, behind a bunch of other pass rushers, but he is on that roster. Practice yes. squad guy. Does, they elevated him yesterday. Does he still mm-hmm. have the short hair that isn't blonde anymore? Because remember here, he had the flowing locks. Then he went to Cleveland, looked like a different person. Yeah. His hair's not blonde anymore? No, no. no. He, and he cut it, <laughs> He's too. like a shaved down in black hair, yeah. No, wow. it's, it's insane how different the guy looks. Did he, like, commit a crime or something? And he's yeah, right. Yeah. He's on the... He's on the here, here. You go, Arkan. I just pulled it up. No so there way. was there was Winovich with the hair and That's the beard. Chase Winovich. Yeah, like seriously, he shaved. Uh, he he trimmed down the beard wow. a little bit. But yeah, he's got. I mean, he looks like a completely different human being. He was always. A, he was a little a little touched. You know, like yeah. you ever heard him get interviewed? Like he always seemed that. That's a little why bit. he's not here anymore. He loved to talk. Yeah. Oh my be. God, he did. I, if there was anybody that would have given Belichick the ball the way Schooler did last year, <laughs> I would have thought it would have been Winovich along the way. Yeah, probably. All right, Jake Bailey. By the way, is the uh, Dolphins punter who was. Uh, I don't know. It was a weird, he weird still way that thing all <laughs> in the NFL. He got suspended, and there was a whole disagreement about an injury, and then he was gone. Dolphins picked him right up. I thought um, there was a run of punters with the Patriots where once they got let go, they'd like Zoltan Mesco, we all thought was a pretty good punter. Yeah. Until New England let him go, and now he's, you know, right. selling stuff in Michigan or Ryan whatever. Allen. Ryan Allen Ryan won Allen. the Super yeah. Bowl. He right, was like unbelievable same thing. Was he and a first team All Pro? Yeah. yeah. The punters get no love whatsoever. Only no. McAfee gets all the love. That's, That's it. True. Everybody else gets porked. Uh, uh, there's a bunch of former Dolphins on the Patriots, like Mike Jacecki, who I think's uh, due for a big game tonight, uh, like Devon Godchow, like Devontae Parker, and also like Trey Flowers, even though he was sort of not really on the team right now. But, uh, yeah, there is a good amount of mixing and matching there. Um, I uh, don't think Parker's going to play, but I, I imagine Jacecki's going to uh, get some looks. All right, let's get to enemy storylines as we wrap things up. <laughs> Dolphins had the best showing of any AFC team last week. The Pats lost, the Bills lost, the Jets held on but lost their quarterback. Uh, They all would have gladly traded with the Dolphins in the way that their game went. Wasn't perfect, but they picked up where they left off last year before Tua's injury. Uh, The coach, I think, is in sort of a prove-it year. I think this is a big year for that coach, and they've had the Pats number recently. Um, They're looking at the top of the AFC East, and they want a seat at the table with the top AFC teams. I think the big story here, and that what they're probably thinking is Tua versus Mack, and and uh, Bill versus McDaniel in uh, both instances, I'm I'm leaning a little bit in the Miami direction. And I know Bill versus McDaniel, I, th- I people don't like to hear that, but I do like the way that he's uh, sort of come in with a different philosophy. I like that he's offense and sort of, you know, the, the future forward thinking. And I think that uh, Tua, he's uh, fostered an environment for Tua that's made him an advantage over Mac Jones. So uh, I give them both to Miami. Yeah, I mean, keep keep to upright again. I've said it probably three or four times throughout the show, but if you keep him upright, that team's going to be fine. I think it all kind of you know stems back to him because if he's out there able to throw the football to guys like Waddle and Hill, that they'll be fine. But if he goes down, that sort of trickles down to the rest of the team. And then, look, I I, I think it was Karen who said it on EEI the other day that people sort of just like think that you know a former coach has to be a player but no Mike McDaniel is probably five foot seven he sits there and wears glasses and he sounds like a nerd but he knows what he's talking about and if he tells you what to do and you trust him 
That's all you kind of need in a head coach, and he's done that so far. When the wheels are on, that Dolphin team's going to be fine. Yeah, I uh, I think Mike McDaniel is a real good coach of offense. Right. He's not a complete head coach. This is not a guy that's going to out-strategize you. And if anything, there was a cut-up of all of the motions of Tyreek Hill from the Chargers game. Mm -hmm. If there's going to be any squawking going on before the game, it's going to be the Patriots' defensive coaches telling the officials, keep an eye on that guy in motion. They started to get a little loose in some of the Canadian football ways of doing things. And again, that's where I give McDaniel a ton of credit. He is a really good offensive coach. But in terms of the overall grand scheme of things, is he a 30,000-foot view type guy? I don't think so. And I do think there is a transition going on with this uh, Miami defense. So even if you want to say Mayo versus McDaniel or Mayo and the Belichicks or whomever, and McDaniel is a bit of a push, there should be an advantage there for Bill O'Brien matching up against Vic Fangio, in part because Fangio's only been with these guys for about six weeks in total. Right. But, uh, yeah, Mike McDaniel's a weird little dude. <laughs> yeah, yes. But I think he is a great... He's like the Dave's Not Here Man sketch come to life. Yeah, you know what it is? <laughs> is that the way Robert Sala, to me, is just a really good defensive coach and not a great head coach, that's kind of the way I view Mike McDaniel right now, unfortunately. But he is so different and kitschy in a way right. that the players are like, well, this is different than what I've dealt with. Yeah. So I can get into this guy for a couple of years instead of getting cussed out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because I don't know if he's cussing people out or if he's like, hey, come on, let's go smoke a joint and <laughs> yeah, see if seriously. we can talk this over. Come on, man, just relax. I mean, he definitely vaped on the sideline last year. Remember I, that? I, I thought yeah. he did, too. That he was looked around, weird. he thought about it, he put the thing right up to it, and he took a big, deep breath. Yeah. Like, if that's not vaping, like, <laughs> and I don't, I'm not saying that there was drugs in it or anything, but there was something going on there, you know, just, it, you know. It was, was freezing cold that day, too, so that could have been. He was wearing gloves. Up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it that, looked a lot like a vape. That's I was, was going to say, and to have that thing completely in the palm of your hand without yeah. maybe potentially accidentally turning it off or something, there's a real skill. If the guy was vaping and it's like the, you know, how many licks it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll, Tootsie Pop, we'll never know. But if he did, he did a great job of making sure that he hit it and he didn't, like, press the button to turn yeah, the thing off yeah. accidentally. Just tough. There was a real tight zoom in on his face while yeah. it was happening. I know, That's right? Of all the things. Or you would think he would, like, turn around yeah. or something. or Do it behind the play sheet or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. So they can't read the lips. Yeah, exactly. There's like a poof like of smoke. Yeah. Like, what is this guy doing? He's calling a play and it's just smoke. People think Jim Leland now all of a sudden started to show up on a sideline (laughs) ripping darts and stuff like that the way the guy used to in the uh, dugout. Is that it for the Reverend? That's it for the the, Reverend. That uh, is the uh, Reverend Scouting Report uh, brought to you every Sunday at 1120. Brought to you by Jesus. Thank you very much. There you go. Big Jesus. Hey, listen, Big Jesus is spending money. They got... They got a bunch of stuff going on with NASCAR and all that as well. And around the holidays, they had a big spend. Oh, so. those commercials. You know what? Yeah. This is going to be contra. I like those ads. <laughs> I thought those were pretty the good he ads. gets us ads? I'm not a big Jesus guy, but I like those ads. I thought those were well-done commercials. I did. If I don't know exactly what they're trying to do, what their angle is. But I thought from a production standpoint... Pretty good ads. Yeah, they got uh, Joe Gibbs is uh, obviously uh, in the uh, NASCAR world. And, of course, he is, as Fourier has talked about, uh, hell, and when, when, when Joe Gibbs went back to the NFL, he was banning the player's ability to watch pornography in the hotel. As they should. Would just let you know, uh, well, their legs aren't going to get tired. So, <laughs> I mean, at least I'll take that. But 
Uh, yeah, Joe Gibbs is uh, definitely uh, pushing that. The inactives are starting to uh, come out. We do have a couple of big names mm. on the list. Uh, and we also have one guy. It looks like he's going to be in for the Ravens today, even though it was projected for a certain tight end to maybe be out of the lineup. So we will get through as many of the inactives as we can, and uh, we'll get to the fantasy stuff as well. Live your fantasies next on WEI Football Sunday. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, more of the guys. This is WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. All right, the inactives are out. It is time for the Catches Law injury update. The injury update presented by the Catches Law Group, the official law firm of the New England Patriots. If you've been injured, contact Catches Law for a free consult where you pay nothing unless Catches wins at CatchesLaw.com. A couple of things to get to here, uh, gents. Number one, uh, Austin Eckler is out for the uh, Chargers this week after a uh, pretty big week for him in uh, in week one. He is uh, he's one of the guys that is out. Uh, the Chiefs are at the Jaguars. Uh, Travis Kelsey in. Chris Jones in. Probably bigger from a betting standpoint, although getting Kelsey is big. Yeah. Go ahead. I would say, uh, yeah, having uh, having Eckler out is going to be a big problem there for the Chargers. They do have Joey Bosa, who is playing, so that's uh, that's good for them. Um, they think uh, Eckler would have a chance to go next week, but him being out, I mean, we'll we'll see how much that affects the game. I think that that offense can function without him, but he was just such a big factor last week uh, against the Dolphins. And talking about the running back position, and they're you know they're up in arms all off season, and Eckler saying we deserve it, we deserve it, and then he plays one week and then he's out is kind of ironic, don't you think? It but, is, yeah, he's kind of. Uh, That'll fly under the radar, yeah. though. That that one definitely won't get brought up. Uh, the Raiders have uh, Chandler Jones now. Not that that would really impact you in fantasy, but Jacoby Myers he is had, already he had hurt. A week, by the way, Chandler Jones. Yeah, Chandler Jeez. Jones had some kind of week. Is right. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby Myers a good start and already hurt. Yep. Two 
Two touchdowns last week from Jimmy. Is that right? Yeah, yep. It was really the biggest thing. The biggest knock against Jacoby Myers is the unreliability. And already here in week two, uh, the guy is out of the lineup. Uh, Ravens and the Bengals. There's a lot going on here. Mark Andrews is in for Mm. the Ravens. Big, 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 big. Because tight end is uh, the tight end group is pretty lean, especially with Kelsey out week one. However, if you are planning on betting the Ravens and the Bengals. The uh, Ravens will not have uh, Marlon Humphrey, one of their top corners, their top left tackle in Ronnie Stanley, their starting center in Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, And this is just a weird one. The backup quarterback, Tyler Huntley, is inactive. So I don't know if there's some sort of funny business or what's going on there, but no left tackle, no center, no starting corner against a Bengals team that is going to be, I would think, highly motivated to bounce back after their crap week one. Yeah, they had a. Uh, they were one of the teams in Week One that I think really sort of looked uh, like they weren't ready to go. There was a couple of teams like that, I would say, but the Bengals are probably front and center just in terms of like so much is expected from them. And uh, they went out and as they are wont to do, got smacked around by Cleveland. That team, uh, they have trouble. That's a bad matchup for them. They yeah. always they always end up having trouble with them, and they looked about as bad as anybody last week. So I could see them, you know, much like Buffalo, wanting to come out and make a big statement right away. I'm not necessarily sure that the Ravens are going to just roll over and let that happen, though, either. The Ravens took care of business last week against Houston. And, you know, if they have Andrews this week, I think this could be a, this could be a fun game. Down a couple offensive linemen, though, I wonder about that team. And I also wonder about that team's training staff, right? Rashad Bateman, I think, was, you know, yelling yeah. about them last year. But J.K. Dobbins goes out with the Achilles. Andrews was out last week. You're, like You're talking about your backup quarterbacks out. Three offensive linemen, a corner. Why can't they stay healthy in Baltimore? It's been like a year, a couple of year long thing here with that. Thank you. I was going to say, this feels like that since the pandemic, yeah. this has been something that's very consistent with the Ravens. And they Lamar was a, hurt last year. And they find a way to battle through it. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's the other thing, too, is that the Ravens go through a massive injury, it feels like, every year. Yep. And they're a 9 or a 10 win team, or maybe even a, a little better. Packers are at the Falcons today. And, oh, baby, Packer fans. No David Bakhtiari as the uh, starting left tackle. Aaron Jones is out. Christian Watson is out as well. Uh, Those are some uh, pretty big pieces. But I will say this. Jordan Love, he's ready to go. The guy can play. I I think in the preseason he showed it. In week one he showed it. Look, you know, if the standard's Rodgers, he's never going to get there. But I don't don't think this guy's a bum. I don't know if he's going to be great, but I know he's not complete garbage no and he was a lot better than i thought last week i had the bears last week so that was uh, that was a rough one for me that was my uh, cincinnati are, are, bengals pick are you week. taking the cheese on uh on uh justin fields are you in the shine camp that this is the next big thing in the nfl i think he's gonna have some big games this year and i definitely thought that he took a step last year even though the team didn't win a lot of games but uh he was he was brutal and i actually think he's a big reason why uh why love looked as good as he did he had all those short fields and uh really the bears just made things pretty easy for him. I was I was bullish on Green Bay going into Atlanta, but without Jones and without uh, Watson, that's sort of uh, I don't know. Without Bakhtiari too, I mean that's Justin a tough one Fields now. is not getting better. That's no. my no. He's still making the same mistakes. And if you go back and want, like one of the things that that jumped out about Love was that yeah they put him in the shotgun a lot, but under center that guy got back. Mm. When you like you watch the dropbacks for Justin Fields. He looks slow, and he's not slow. He's still making rookie-level quarterback-in-the-pocket mistakes. Yeah, I'm not – I think Fields will end up being fine, but looking at the Packers again here to kind of shift off into, like, a fantasy perspective too, Aaron Jones being out, 
A.J. Dillon, stardom. And I think from like a game perspective, talking about last week against them with the Bears, they were still missing Christian Watson last week. Romeo Dobbs has a day. You're right. Jordan Love looks pretty good. So I think I still like the Packers, even with even with the injuries. Uh, Colts and the Texans, uh, I don't know if you were... You know, if you're banking on Sam Ellinger or Case Keenum, God bless you. Uh, I don't think anybody is uh, in that category. And then the Bears and the Bucks. I know the the Bears have Dante Foreman down. He's probably not owned very much. Nate Davis, one of the guards, is down. Uh, and for the uh, Buccaneers, it looks like really mainly defensive players and all that. So I guess I would say coming out of the early week two inactives, the two biggest things are, Eckler's down, and Mark Andrews is back in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And at tight end, I'll tell you, woof. Anything you can get. You are searching a tight end in fantasy right now, mm-hmm. are you not? No, you definitely are. And even daily fan, Arkan, I know you're more of a daily fantasy player. <laughs> uh, but even in daily fantasy, it's now turned into, okay, Kelsey's back, so we know that he'll be way up there. But really, at tight end, you're kind of shopping to sort of save a couple bucks, right. find a matchup. That's what everyone does, yeah. Yeah. And a good one last week would have been Isaiah Likely, and he was awful. Mm-hmm. After Andrews goes out, right. local kid over here. But, uh, and yeah. everyone picked him up. Right. <laughs> he yeah. was on every single mm-hmm. roster. I did it. He didn't do anything. Yeah. I did it, and he was awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, what's your favorite game this week? I want both of you guys to answer. What's your, uh, what's your favorite game? One o'clock game. One o'clock game. Yeah. I am going to go with Seahawks-Lions. Seahawks-Lions. I think that's a fun one. Oh, Vegas-Buffalo. Okay. I like I like Houston Indy. Okay. Inter- I love Houston those are always Indy. good. Two really? rookie quarterbacks. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay, a division okay. game with two rookie quarterbacks. That's give me give me more of that. I got it. I'm I, <laughs> most people would probably go Kansas City and Jacksonville. Do I do I, like that one. Do you know I read a number that I think this is the only time this year that Kansas City is scheduled for a one o'clock Eastern kick. Wow. Otherwise, it's all middle time zone or they're in uh, prime time a ton. Uh, yeah, the early games, Vegas at Buffalo, Baltimore at Cincy, KC at Jacksonville, Chargers at Tennessee, two teams at 0-1. That's why that, that game is uh, sneaky. Green Bay and Atlanta, Seattle, Detroit, Indianapolis, Houston, Chicago, and Tampa Bay are the uh, early schedule 15 minutes with Christian Foyer is next as we start the final hour of WEI Football Sunday. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. 
in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.